Hey everyone, this is Mukul and this is Swapnit. Welcome to Going Slow Podcast, where we discuss our product journeys and also have casual discussions around life, universe and everything in between. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 26 of Going Slow Podcast. Hey Swapnit, how's your last month actually? We are meeting after one month. Yeah, hey Mukul, it's been a long time for sure. Hello everyone out there. And uh, yeah, last month has been good. We recently made a new hire at Rocket and the new person, Sahiti, who joined in just a few days back, she came in with so much energy. And that's the thing with new hires, right? They, even new hires or interns, they come in with a new energy. They come in with fresh perspectives that it sort of affects the entire team. So yeah, just going through that new fresh phase as of now. And whenever a new team member joins, we also sort of try to give them the entire journey compressed in a few days, which is where we started, which is one and a half, two years back and where we are now and how, what things we have done, what worked, what did not work and all of that. I liked going through the journey again and just seeing how far we have come. Yeah, it was just a good experience. Got it. That's super interesting. So uh, this is your fourth, third hire. How many people are there now in the team? Yes, we are four people now in the team. And we can hire more actually. <laughs> There's not a constraint as such. It's just about finding the right fit. And yeah, while hiring ourselves, I could really empathize with the pains of the recruiting manager where you're getting lots of applications, but they're not a lot of quality applications. So... I could see from the application that a lot of people don't really read the JD. They feel that applying to more number of places would work somehow. But yeah, it does not. So from my perspective, the definition of a spam application would be if they can apply using the same message to some other company, then it just shows that you're not really interested in that particular company. And that is sort of the first picture that we have because since this is the early stage team, right? We are not hundred people. We are not thousand people strong. Where we can take in anyone, we need people or we want people who are really interested in the problem statement. So yeah, especially for early stage startups or early stage companies, early stage businesses, you need people who are enthusiastic about the problem statement. So yeah, application filters most of the things in itself. <laughs> Yeah, I think the spamming part is applicable in the opposite sense too because many of the companies reach out on LinkedIn and via emails and stuff. So they just yeah. spam it out that, hey, like we have an opening at this company, would you like to apply? So I think it's like applicable in both sense. But mm-hmm. does it get easier, the hiring hiring part, as it like growing the team with each new team member do you feel that you're getting more confident and easier with management or is it always a new challenge? There's a mix of both. Good thing is that you know what not to do with a new person now because you have learned from your mistakes from from managing past people. So there's always that you have a head start. Like I can easily see that if I continue management. That is also a question maybe I'll get to that later. But yeah, if I continue in the management space, I see that there's a lot of compounding that happens. As with like most places, right? There's a lot of compounding where you understand people, you understand 
their motivations, their triggers, and how they work best. So, a lot of learnings that way. At the same time, like every person is unique. So, whenever you are sitting down with them in a one-on-one call, you get to understand more about that person. So, yeah, it's a interesting. There's a mix of unique challenges. At the same time, there are like some common challenges which you can learn from your past. Yeah. Do you have like uh, processes set up for something like do you keep all processes in some notion doc about uh, about how things are structured? How do do you have like templates of how to reach out to new companies and related to things to that like leave policies? How to work from home? Do you have like a structured notion doc for everything? Yeah, so most things are there in Notion, like playbooks for most things. How do we onboard a new person? What context needs to be shared initially? And slowly, what other context needs to be shared? How do you, like, how do you reach out to new hiring partners? There's a playbook for that. And most things have playbooks, but still they are evolving in phase. I wouldn't say that this is like done and dusted or this is the perfect thing that we have now. This is like very foreign in when you're working remotely, that if someone else has to take over your work, you need to have that process documented down. And uh, I feel like being remote first sort of forces you to do that. When I remember when I was working in a startup a few years back, the code, the how to deploy that code, even that wasn't documented anywhere. And <laughs> the first time I wanted to understand, okay, how do I get this running on my local and start making changes. I sat down with one of the engineers and just asked questions. And he also didn't have anywhere noted down. No, I think he had it somewhere in his notes app. Yeah. So he just copy pasted those commands to me in the chat. Take these commands, run this, <laughs> face any issues, then let me know. And yeah. So at that time, I just sort of said, okay, let's make it incrementally. Let's for now. I just took those commands, created a readme, just copy pasted there. And with time, sort of made it more verbose whenever like a new person comes in and I had to hand over something, that service to them. They ask questions, I'm like, okay, here are the answers, now you are okay, <laughs> read me as well. So, yeah, but that was okay back then because we were working out of an office and you could just shoulder tap someone and ask, hey, can you help, help, help me out with this? But right now, since you're working remotely, you don't really know whether that person is available right now or not. That sort of has forced us to go to the documentation route. But I love it. I am like, okay, if anyone like goes on a leave or anything, like the I don't get into a panic mode. Okay, how will this happen now? I know that most of the things are documented. And of course, there might be some gaps. Gaps you can always clear by calling someone or thinking someone and then you can fill them. But if you don't have any context at all, then starting from scratch is like really, really bad. And uh, I think we were discussing in one of the previous episodes, right? We also want to have like Luma videos for, for KTs. So since now the new person has joined, so now I'm also thinking maybe for some tool, for giving a walkthrough of some tools, maybe Whoever is giving, I can also ask them or if I'm giving, then I can make a Luma video out of that as well. So that becomes a resource and makes life easier for future hires. 
overall i like it most take that down on paper so yeah but yeah i mean i think then it will get easier with the next hair and next hair and next hair so that's pretty cool also like do you have like i think i have asked this question before but do you have some hours where you do not have anything in the calendar and you have in some hours there are some things so how does yeah, your calendar look so, like i'll just open my calendar so i have a daily sync up with the team at 12 for now with yes. think of changing the time but yeah for now i have like one sync up with them then early morning hours i have like sort of blocked myself for myself sort of write down more things like i'm going into the writing habit recently i think since the last month i've been doubling down on the writing habit we're discussing in one of the last episodes right that how can i make myself consistent yeah, by writing do you mean like write some blogs or something or do you journal like write your thoughts journal is mostly ad hoc wherein if i come across anything that i want to capture at that particular point i'll just open my journal and write down it's not at a schedule yet the early morning hours mm-hmm. for right now i'm mostly for writing down blog posts things put out on social media for distribution the, the aim is to like build the writing habit improve more in writing right now i have decided okay i'll grow all in on writing so yeah coding is one that is done now for the next couple of maybe years as of today i've decided okay i'll go all in on writing that's a deadly combination copywriting and <laughs> coding yeah, no, fingers, fingers crossed <laughs> i i am so far liking the process because it's a, you get to apply a lot of things for example like psychology is one of my favorite subjects and uh, whenever you are writing the main character is not you the main character is your reader and you have to keep that person in mind when you are writing so it's a very empathetic thing so yeah overall like i'm liking the process it's you have you are like either evoking some action in the reader or making them understand something so like if you are writing with an intention you want should the reader be able to do uh, or be able to feel after reading through this that's a challenging stuff as well correct that totally makes sense but uh, how do you like improve do you take some courses do you have someone for example who is more experienced pointing things at you i mean like how do you know this is the pathway to become a good writer right right so i have taken a couple of writing courses recently and actually i have been taking them for a long time i think a couple of years back i took some courses on coursera and after that i got so pumped up i signed up for nano raimo challenge and i thought okay i'll write a book <laughs> but that did not pan out and tried tried next year again did not work next year again it did not work i realized okay maybe that's like a very far fetched aim let's go smaller and yeah recently i've been doing some cohort based courses on writing last year i did write of passage wherein there was a lot of course material there was a lot of live sessions wherein teach you what's the reader looking for and how to capture attention and rhythm like what's the rhythm in the writing process and uh, things like that recently 20 days back i joined 
another cohort based course called ship 30 for 30 and uh, it, it's basically an accountability challenge <laughs> so yeah that is why i've been able to push things out consistently for the last 20 days one of the core ideas that i really loved is whenever i was writing before i was trying to be clever as in hey can i throw in something which only some will understand and uh, it's like a pop culture reference or something like I was trying to do intelligent writing in some sense and then I realized that it should be clear not clever it should be clear not clever and that is something like if the reader is confused at any line they'll just scroll past it previously I was like no it should be hard right because it should be it should feel like it is hard I don't know why. I don't know. I think it was some un subconscious things. But yeah, now I'm unlearning those things, being more clear, things like that. And uh, later this month, I was enrolled for one copywriting workshop. So yeah, just going through some courses to, like you said, right? you need the feedback loop, right? If you keep doing yeah. the same thing for some time, you'll not improve at all. It's very hard to go otherwise. So yeah, just going through like most of the courses they pair these the course material along with some assignments and get feedback on this assignment so that's the best way to grow further yeah i mean i think the point you said right keeping things clear instead of clever applies to all things like for example which i can totally see in all in all sense, when you're when we're building business or when we're developing something, keeping things clear instead of clever or keeping things like super, super, super simple instead of clever, instead of writing like a complex algorithm, you should just write write two for loops. <laughs> Keep things simple, like other person will understand it. If it doesn't have any significant performance boost, then it's always better to write things simple. I mean, always feel like when, like, not when when you're starting out when you're building like for example bootstrap project i always recommend just use heroku don't don't use aws don't use don't complicate things just use heroku like if you're if you're scaling up fast if you have some other challenges then move but goal is to keep things simple low cost low maintenance and keep things Instead of like doing clever things like, oh, I, I did like a complex setup via AWS or I did a complex setup. Instead of that, just doing, keeping things simple. Like instead of using some, that's what I feel about like tech too. Like for example, front-end tech is evolving so fast and it has gotten so complex <laughs> now. In that way, I feel to they should also like just keep things simple like use the tech you're comfortable with without running towards like every shiny object you see this is in fact like i feel in terms of building businesses because it people realize it a bit too late but customers don't really care about the tech you're using <laughs> they just care about the problem you're solving so 
yeah i mean keeping things clear and stuff i think we we follow that same rule and but in different sense and for while building business but i think that's like the best rule to follow keep things simple and stupid and that's like the motto to live yep yep i think we got the episode title as well by the <laughs> way it is just mentioned here i just remembered hiroku just announced they are deprecating their free yeah. tires it's very sad to see a platform like Heroku declining. It's such a class apart platform. I mean, after Salesforce acquired it and totally ruined it for others, still no other platform is close to what they are building. It has been like three, four years, I guess. Their team got slashed by one third because Heroku is not a high ticket item for Salesforce. So I just feel if they haven't sold to Salesforce, they would have been like, oh my God, it's so big. But yeah, it's interesting to see a platform like Heroku. Sad actually <laughs> to see a platform like Heroku declining because they're so good. Like it's almost like magic, which I feel is insane. The things they are built and stability, especially in their ecosystem, is top notch. And their pricing is amazing too because it scales up really fast and they charge really good like their pricing structure is really good where they charge good amount of money they have nice expansion revenue kind of mechanism which is amazing we are still on Heroku but if things go down even more then we might have to switch but as of now Heroku is still what are the good. other alternatives you're looking at I haven't looked at anything yet to be honest but there are a few alternatives one is called Hatchbox which okay. is especially, which is built by a bootstrap maker and mm -hmm. he's very famous in the Reels community and it's basically like Heroku but only for Reels. So right. it's Heroku for Reels. That's, his, that's the goal and it's way cheaper than Heroku. So we are thinking of that platform. There are a few other platforms like Fly and Render but I haven't explored that like a oh, few weeks back one of my friend recent moved his app from Heroku to Flyer, Flyer Render and his experience has been good so far so we might check out those platforms soon but it's one of those things things are running good as of now there are no issues as such things are declining for Heroku but yeah. It's like declining from 100 to 80, we are using 40. So, <laughs> so we are still away from the point of impact. That's what I feel. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll, we'll get to know with time that whether we want to move or not. Eventually we might have sadly, <laughs> but it's, it's fine. Let's yeah, see. Sad, sad is the core emotion here because I remember like Hiroku was the thing that got me in putting things out there, like I remember in college, I discovered the magic of Git push Heroku master and slide. And it was such a game changer because before that, when you're using GitHub, okay, you have your code available publicly, but Heroku just gave you a URL. It just gave you an address on the web and your project is live there. I remember like playing around with so much things. Most of my college projects, like most, all of my college projects are in Roku. 
and yeah it's so simple and easy to do otherwise you launch your own instance maintain it like you don't have to worry about all those things that's why i feel like keeping things simple it's like delegating as much as you can to your software it's one of those things where you just where you want something to just magically work and it works yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i feel one of those softwares personally love softwares like this who are like silently crushing it and it almost feels like magic and uh, software like Heroku. I also like Postmark. So I like the story behind Postmark, the company who is behind, who, so they recently sold it, but the company behind Postmark, Wildbits, they are like bootstrapping since last 20 years. And they are like OG in the bootstrapping space, similar to Basecamp. They are in their league, basically. And they have different products too, but Wildbits is like, very successful bootstrap company and postmark is definitely one of those products which is like really easy to use and it's just convenient like of all the emailing platforms i have used i have found postmarks to be the best experience so far no other platforms come close uh there are many things related to why exactly it's the best but the way they have built the experience and the way it's so much reliable makes things like oh, okay this is perfect so yeah i feel software like those i really make a impact on you oh, okay these are the softwares to look out for basically i just went through their faqs and i love the last question so the question is do you offer a discount for bootstrap companies and the answer is yes if you have launched your product are charging for it and haven't taken outside investment. The second point here, which is if you are charging for it, then only will give you a discount. I think this is yeah. like pretty, pretty underrated. Yeah, we applied for that. We got that discount and it was very quick actually. So we just mailed them and the support team replied within like few hours that, hey, can you please share your like app listing or page pricing? And that's it. Like we shared them the app and pricing and that's it. They added $75 credit to, your, to our account, which was like, at that point, we were sending less than 10,000 emails. So for less than 10,000 emails, it's $10 per month. So it was almost like six months of <laughs> runway, almost six, seven months of runway at that time, which was really nice. So yeah i mean totally in love with that in love those softwares like those basically i'm able to think of few more but as of now those two are perfect there are a few softwares i hate though <laughs> one of those is postman okay. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's such a huge software when i open that software so basically when i open postman and when i open chrome that's it my laptop is done I cannot do anything else on my laptop. Like it, it's, I mean, I just want something to hit API request, but right. it's so many extra things which I don't yeah. need. <laughs> so I, I'm actually looking forward to have an alternative because I don't want, I mean, like, so I get in my laptop, I get that screen. You're out of your RAM, force quit some application. And I can see that there are two competing RAM intensive apps, which are like Postman and Chrome. And I'm like, I cannot delete Chrome. So I think I'll have to do with Postman. <laughs> 
crazy. I used one tool for the API testing. It's called for PAW. It was a nice, the UI was nice. It was a neat and light tool. It is mostly focused on that only. You don't get the other things. Like Postman, now you get a bunch of things. I mean, it's a huge software. I think many people just know 20% of the software, but they have like huge features. You can make public pages. You can make documentation. You can automate testing. So it's definitely a huge software. But for example, I mean, it depends on the use case too, right? Uh, for me, the use case is extremely small and simple. So it, it doesn't make sense for it to be so intensive. And that's why I'm like, I'll check out the paw basically. Yeah. So if it works or not. All right. Coming, coming to your, what have you been up to the last month? Oh, it's, it's been good so far. Last month I was in Thailand. That was, so I was in Thailand for two months and I was able to test my hypothesis on how I want to travel. And I finally, uh, got to know like how I want to travel and how I like to travel because Thailand, the, those two months in Thailand were the best time I had. Like, it was amazing. It was relaxing. And it was something where I was happy all the time. So that experience, I really, really liked it. So I realized that, I mean, so I told you, right? Like now I want to travel based on certain, like if I want to learn activity there. Yeah. So you mentioned this you time I, there. Sorry. You mentioned you were doing dives there. Yes. So. I did like three activities in Thailand and I did it a lot. So if you tell me like, what are the touristy things in uh, Phuket? I still don't know because I haven't seen any, <laughs> I haven't seen any touristy thing there. So I joined Muay Thai class. It was really nice. It was very good for fitness, but I still feel that it's a very long way to go to learn that art because in just like two months or I did it for, I think one and a half months. I my fitness was just getting there to learn the basics because it's so intense that sport so the fitness required is too high so but it was a really nice experience to learn things like how really exactly fun. it was fun it was really fun because basically it's intense and it's fun because you can see the improvement a bit in one month for sure because the way you kick so they will show you the techniques of how you kick. They will show you the techniques of how you punch. So in the class, you have like a sparring sparring sessions with the trainer, like three minute session. So initially, and three minutes, three rounds or two minutes, three rounds, something like that. So basically, initially I used to basically get tired in first two rounds itself. But after one and a half, two months, I could at least I could go all the three rounds and still feel okay. And the, I mean, it's basically the technique in all the things, like all the things I did there, the technique was the one thing which was, I was able to improve. And I, I previously, I never used to take any coaching mm. of her things, but this time I took coaching for all three activities I've done there. And I have seen like a significant difference. Like I highly, highly recommend or highly want to do training now with some coach or with some experienced person because it's, it's the best. Like you, 
you get to see the improvement and you learn right techniques so in yeah. terms of muay thai I, I was able to learn the technique but i i feel it just needs like high amount of practice to get it get things uh, on on a better level but i i would like to continue it if i could basically <laughs> in the future second one was tennis i joined tennis classes there which was very close to my place so i just joined it like every week three classes or so and it was one of definitely like the best experience because as it was fun and then eventually i got to make i got to meet a lot of people who were playing tennis so i was able to play tennis with them so i met a lot of interesting people and then we were going to play tennis so it was really nice like and it was fun in both way like it helped it helps in socializing too and it gives you like a thing to look forward to like thing to get better at so that was the second activity and third was diving like i did like around 20 dives in phuket <laughs> so i went like all in and on dives so that was a really nice experience basically i took a lot of courses in diving i took three courses in diving so i got certifications for all so it was like a it was amazing like it was beautiful the scuba diving thing because i could see the difference when i did my discover dive and when i did my last dive there was a difference because your objective changes from start mm. from first dive to 20th dive like for example in the first dive your objective is to survive <laughs> you, <laughs> you just want to breathe <laughs> you just want to breathe under water in the right way you just want to survive but slowly in like fifth dive sixth dive seventh dive your objective is to dive well like control your buoyancy your objective is to float well your objective is to navigate well under water and by 20 your objective is same like diving well under water go deep and observe things like you observe lot of fishes lot of coral there so your objective is kind of changing and it's ba- basically you are getting deeper at one topic so you're getting better 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 instead of having like for example that's how i always felt like at doing thing just once and feeling that it's special it's not it's something i feel like ah okay it instead of that if you go deeper in that thing there are a lot of challenging and fun things you know about that special activity so i got to know a lot like so i could now go in shipwrecks i could go deeper like 30 meters so there were a lot of new things i got to see and experience and i was like ah okay i wouldn't have done it if i wouldn't have gone deeper in this topic so that was really i would say eye opening for me like so i would like to continue that in the future where i want to learn this activities even more or learn something new but if i'm traveling just i just want to do something like i mean i don't want to see some touristy attractions or statues or museums because i know that i i don't relate to that thing or i'm not into that much art and yeah. i also don't want to drink and <laughs> drink every day so it's just not fun like i mean like if you're traveling for 10 days and then the whole your mindset is different because 
you just want to push for those 10 days to maximize right. your happiness but if you're traveling for two months three months you cannot like go all in every day you're relaxing you're doing things you uh, so you need that uh, stability or something to look forward to so i feel the theory i had it really worked and i think i want to continue that in the future now i really got to know some interesting things about like scuba diving and all of the sports too but in scuba diving i really want to now go on a liverboard so what a liverboard is basically a liverboard is for example it's can be for example you go on a boat and it's like three days sorry four days three nights on a boat it can be even more seven days eight nights seven eight days seven nights or something like that but shortest is like four days three nights on a boat and you you will sleep on a boat and basically the boat will go somewhere and the schedule is basically you dive after breakfast then in lunch then in after lunch and then at night so basically four dives every day for four days and then you get back so basically the boat is going way deep somewhere and you're very far from the mainland so basically you're just doing diving and chilling you're diving every day for four days and it's as it's very far from the mainland the coral life and the sea life is better and beautiful so i got to know about this uh, there so i'm really looking forward to plan something like that in the future so let's see whether where i could do that and actually liverboards are everywhere like in all the so for example there are liverboards in phuket there are liverboards in most of the countries but i just didn't know about this concept before so i'm really interested to go deeper on this subject and hopefully experience one or two of those pretty interesting like i think living on a boat is yeah sounds pretty fun we have your next travel plans sorted or are you planning what next i have a plan in mind but i'm not sure whether i'll be able to pull it off uh mm. so i i think so my plan is after diwali i want to go to vietnam Mm-hmm. because november mid is the kite surfing season there okay so uh, i'm thinking like going there taking staying there for a month and taking kite surfing lessons there and do some dives too because it's like beach near beach but i'm not sure to be honest because there are few variables first i don't know whether how kite how friendly kite surfing is for beginners so one first question is that in the website they mention that it's very friendly but <laughs> <laughs> but that and second is i'm not sure how so the place which is famous for kite surfing in vietnam it's like a small city so i'm not sure how like is it good is it good in terms of living quality of living like is there a good place yeah. Yeah, is there a good place to stay? Is there a good internet? These two variables are there. I mean, like even if I'm doing kite surfing, some for some other time, I need something to do and explore. So I'm just not sure whether that's possible there. But if those two variables works out, then I might get this information on Nomad List or Remote OK, maybe because do we have a lot of people who live the same lifestyle? So I'm assuming some of them would have tried this. 
got it yeah yeah i'm part of nomad list i think i'm going to ask there if someone has done it something similar and definitely people have done it and stuff so i'll just ask them i'm definitely going to ask them but it's like a little far in the future so i haven't actively searched because it every travel requires so much planning <laughs> So I'm just yeah. like taking a break from all the planning because it was every travel took so much from and if I'm at least in Vietnam, you don't have to apply for visa. Otherwise, yeah. the whole embassy thing is like just nightmare. But tentative, that's the plan. I'm not sure if it works out. Like there are low chances, but I really would like to try because I feel yeah, it's good. Like if it just it's just one of those activities I really admired and I was like oh my god this is so fancy <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh okay I have an opportunity to do that then why not so yeah let's see <laughs> alright cool yeah I also remember last time you mentioned that you had released a, a mobile yes. version you had released I think both Android and iOS apps for point two. yes so how's that going in updates <laughs> there so mobile app is working great now but we need to iterate some more on the mobile app and that's what we are planning to do in the future. We are looking forward to build new things in the app now, like as much as we can. And we have few ideas in mind where we want to take our app. But it's still, I would say, in the planning phase. Once we develop it, I'll be able to share our thought process why we did that. But I think for the next phase, so for example, there is always like a pivot we done which has increased our revenue so for example when we moved away from calendly to our own scheduling system we saw an exponential jump in the revenue and then we did some few more things similar to that and we saw an exponential jump so we feel that the next thing we do should do something like that so we have some ideas on how we do that so that's what we are planning to do now so now this september and october we are kind of pushing ourselves to do things because last two months were a bit relaxed so now we want to push and then relax a bit more and then push so something like a push-pull kind of mechanism so plan of September is to take get our app in the best direction possible and some do some do some pivots to have that jump again so that's our goal for September to be honest We'll keep checking in now more regularly now that you're back. So, all right, folks, that's all for today. Let us know if you liked it, if you related to any particular segment. Tag us on social media. Our handle is going slow board. If you didn't like something, then DM us and definitely let us know. And we'd also love to know what you'd like to hear more of. Until then, stay curious and don't forget to have fun.